Okay. So we're back in the seat. It's been a little bit. Michelle and I have had so much going on. Tons. Tons. We actually, for the first time since we started doing this, had to tell our listeners, you know, hang on, we just need to push pause for a minute and like focus on our lives and what's going on and we'll be right back. And so we're back. And uh, yeah, we back and ready to share with you so many things that have yes. been happening, which are exciting and some a little emotional and just yeah. touching on all the feels. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's back to school time. And so that brings a lot of feelings for no matter what stage of parenting you're in. I struggled with this time of year ever since my babies were school age, really. Um, it just, to me, is this reminder that time is passing. Another year has gone by. There's this feeling of like, oh, shit, I remember how fast last year went. Like, here we go. Before you know it, they're going to be into the next school year. And, you know, you blink and then they're graduating high school or going to college. And, oh, it just brings all the feels. Oh, I just... um really it will put me in a in a funk every year. Yeah. So this year um well every year in our town moms get together on the first day of school. And it was interesting because the event that I attended there were moms who were going through all these different transitions. So some of us who had just launched our kids to college are talking about that experience while others were talking about TK and preschool and how that felt so hard, you know, to drop their babies off and walk away from. And it was a really cool time for all of us to connect and to hear stories from those who are just going through it to those who are a little more seasoned in that space. So I love that this has become a tradition now. And I would highly recommend if your town doesn't have something like this, maybe you start something. Yeah. Get together with your girlfriends, kind of of ease you through that tough period. Because I think um, we, it kind of gets overlooked. Like we're just okay, who's your kid's teacher? On to the next thing. And it's, it's hard. And it's, it's a little sad. And it's, um, like I said, it just brings up those all these feelings. And I mean, I think for me way more than New Year's. New Year's is like, whatever, the start of the school year is a is a big freaking deal. Yes, I agree with you. And I never thought about that until you just said something. But you're right. There's so much that goes along with it. I mean, yes, the beginning of the year is an exciting time and you're setting new intentions and maybe some resolutions. But this is like big life transformative things as you're watching your babies grow and develop. Yeah, like milestones. Yeah, exactly. I have a lot of friends who have fifth graders this year. And that's a big milestone. All of a sudden, they're transitioning from little kids to like, they're looking a little older. There's some changes happening. And it kids are on the playground or, you know, changing at different phases too. So like mm-hmm. some are already starting puberty and it's like yours might be still little and it's just, it's a crazy time. And so, yeah, no matter what phase you're in right now, just honor, I think, that it, this is a little bit challenging and give yourself that, like, time to sort of grieve um, 
and take it in and, um, you know, become uh, okay with the fact that time is passing by. I don't know how you become okay with it, but um, you have to accept it because you can't stop it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's really no choice in that circumstance. But it's okay, I think, also, like you said, to grieve it and know that each year it does look different, but it still does bring up raw emotions. And I know for me, like when my kids were really little, I tried to fast forward a lot of that just because I just felt very overwhelmed and things were crazy. And so for when my son was going off to college, my first thought was, whoa, what if he never comes home again? And I don't mean for visits. I mean, this could be a launching to you get a career, you get a girlfriend, you know, all these things. So I think honoring that those feelings are valid Mm -hmm. and no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And we, we went through this. It's funny because now I reflect and think about how my parents felt, you know, as we went through these transitions in life. And for some of us, I mean, I know for myself, when I got to the age where I want, I wanted to leave the house, you know, I was like, bye, trying to do everything on my own. And, you know, somebody could have a different experience than that. It could Mm -hmm. be they're afraid to leave and there's so much, you know, comfort that they're walking away from. And so we're going to get into some lots of different conversations around this and just different changes that Mm -hmm. we have to kind of endure in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to read this quote I stumbled across the other day from Corey Allen. And it says, peace is accepting everything that I want it. Damn it. Rewind. <laughs> I always do that. It's like a psychological thing, I think. I want to read this quote that I came across the other day by Corey Allen. Peace is accepting that everything changes. When we stop clinging to how things are, we can let go and embrace what's growing in front of us. Doing this shifts our mindset from one that's scared of change to one that's energized by the excitement of future potential. Yes. I love that for so many reasons. And I think so many parents out there that are having these feelings with their kids going through these different transitions, I think this is helpful for them to hear these words. I think it's a powerful quote. And it, um, we should be excited for the future. No, we don't want to rush it away, wish it away like we so often did when the kids were little and it was so chaotic and we just tried to survive. We were in survival mode. Yes. But um but just to try to be present. Look at your kids with present eyes. See them for who they are right now in front of you. These beautiful blossoming children that are growing into adults. And being just being focused on on what you see right now and how beautiful that is and and where they're going and what they're doing and these people they're becoming is a wonderful thing. And be ready to accept, you know, things that might arise. I know also within younger groups of kids, there's a lot of changes within friend groups and things like that. And so change is just part of all aspects of our life. I mean, there may be people starting new jobs this year based on layoffs or whatever might have shifted in their world. And again, like 
so much excitement can be part of the equation versus operating in fear of what was and kind of living in that rear view mirror of the past. Yes. Oh, so often we think we know the answers. So I love that you even brought up, you know, a job change or something like that Um, because it might look bad on the outside or for what you know now, but you don't know what is being moved around and shifted for you to have an even better future. And so I think so many times with parenting, we can get so stuck in, I mean, I just did it freaking this morning. (laughs) I did it this morning. I was watching the sun come up and it totally took me back to when my babies were little and their bedrooms at our old house was where on the side of the house where the sun came up. Mm. And it just made me sad because I was like, oh, I just wish they were that age again. Ugh, I'm like getting all emotional thinking about it. But to live in that, to stay stuck in that is not healthy. And I need to focus on, yes, I can be sentimental about it, but I need to look at these you know, young adults that are in front of me now and everything that they're accomplishing and how much fun I have with them and the conversations, the rich conversations that we get to have. So, you know, you just don't want to get stuck in that looking back in that rear view mirror, see what's right in front of you. Absolutely. <clears throat> but it, it is definitely a bit of a challenge and it's a learning process. Yeah. And, you know, but I do remember um, years ago, somebody sharing this saying with me that's like, this too shall pass. And I think it's relatable because it is each moment that I'm going to say that again, but <clears throat> um, somebody shared with me a saying that's this too shall pass. And I feel like it's relatable to this, um, you know, idea of change because each moment is passing by and each moment is an opportunity for change. Mm -hmm. Um, Each transition that we go through in life can sprout the growth and the new opportunities. One door closes, another one opens. It's so amazing. And, And I'm even dealing with something right now where, you know, my son just went off to college and although he's having fun and he's meeting people and he's connecting with friends that he already had, you know, I'm getting messages saying, I don't know if I really want to stay here for four years. And although I'm not going to rush over and say, okay, come home now, (laughs) you know, as we often want to like, oh, it's not working out. Okay, come home. No, it's like, you'll stick it out because you need to give this a certain amount of time But I'm actually okay with, hey, you put a year in and you realize this, you know, school or this environment or even this degree, like if that's not right for you, it's okay. Like there are other options. We all, there's always opportunity for change and you can change your mind. And if something doesn't feel right, eventually not within the first two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. You gotta like. I I think, you know, and this is what I think is hard with our youth and not to like completely sidetrack, but Mm -hmm. our youth is such an instant gratification society Mm -hmm. that if something doesn't work out right away, it's like, oh, no, change, right? So Mm -hmm. that's almost on the flip side where, you know, yes, change is good, but you need to put in the time. Yeah. And, And they even say like, whenever you've gone through a big change in life, like divorce or death or something like that, to not even make decisions, like Mm -hmm. big life-changing decisions 
for a whole year because you really do need to process and not just respond based on emotions or, oh, in in this moment, things weren't good, so I'm out, you know? Mm. No. So I think this is going to be something that we see kind of this new generation of kids as they try to make their their mark in the world. Um, Like they've got, I think they have some change down. Like they're probably like Mm. some trendsetters for that. Like, hey, change is, it is just part of life, you know? But sometimes it's so quick that we kind of need to like slow it down a little bit. I also think it has a lot to do with being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like, yes, no, it's not comfortable to move to a completely different state, uh, far from your family, away from everything you've known your whole life. That's very uncomfortable. And so, you know, there, there does need to be a little bit of time for adjustment and then see where things are at. But yes, it's interesting because I'm on a lot of moms groups through the the college that he attends. And so many moms are already posting about how their child is feeling like they haven't made any friends, they haven't connected, or the roommate situation is chaotic where one's a party person, the other one wants quiet, and they really felt like they didn't get matched with the right person. And so it's helpful to know. um, I mean, my kid isn't struggling like that. And and but to know that there are kids out there that are. And I think for me, it's always looking at the mental health side of everything. So, you know, yes, is it hard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, are you getting sweaty walking from your dorm room to your class? Oh, I'm sorry, because <laughs> it's 100 degrees. I get it. But you know what? Take another this shirt This too shall you. pass. Yeah, <laughs> this too shall pass. And guess what? And when the season changes, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. But, you know, we... We want to run and help and and yeah. be there for that um, support. And I think if your child is really struggling, where back to the mental health talk stuff, like that's a different animal. Yes. You really have to be focused yeah. in that space. But the whole, you know, it's too hot for me today talk. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be fine. You know, like mm. suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I tend to be that kind of mom. And so that's a little bit of where I might sometimes need to like rein yeah. that in, but it's okay. <laughs> so we'll no, see what happens. <laughs> we're old school Gen Xers, okay? Like this generation's a little soft for me and it's it's tough sometimes. It is. Like, Come on. <laughs> um. So how, I know he's adjusting and it sounds like he's having a good time and then has a little bit of homesickness, yeah. which is to be expected. But how are you doing as a mama with your firstborn leaving the house? I know you said there was that thought of like, he could never come back. And that is a really doomsday thought. And I definitely had that too. Lexi. So I, I thank you for asking me that. And I've had a lot of friends reach out and check in, which I so appreciate. And it's interesting because uh, for me, the lead up to all of this felt much harder than the actual send off. And I so agree. that's where when people would ask, how are you feeling? It's getting closer. And right away, I mean, the emotions, mm. like, you know, that little emoji on your phone that just has the tears welling up, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the eyeballs. That's how I felt all the time. Yeah. And the plane ride ev- mm. over, you know, the, the flight attendant, I was sitting saving some seats for us and he asked me, how are you doing? And right away, I'm like, there are the tears, you know, and I go, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And 
However, after the drop-off and after getting his room set up, which was so fun, after meeting the roommate um, and just kind of getting a feel for the town and then checking in and seeing him the first couple days that he was living there and seeing the excitement, you know, um, even on him, like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm on vacation. Like, that's what he kept saying in the beginning. And so leaving him knowing that he was in a safe place, had some good connections already with friends, um, had, you know, water in his dorm because very important (laughs) in Arizona. Um, So I felt like the way I left him was he was set up in the best possible way. And then I came home and you know, I still have two other children (laughs) that are extremely busy. And I think that's also helpful as well. I I can't imagine if this was like my only child, um, what that would feel like. So I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, oh, it was so easy and no big deal and da da da. Like, I still have two kids at home that are involved in cheer, you know, and different schools and all the things. Um, But I honestly also feel a sense of pride. Mm-hmm. And this gets me emotional, but it's mm-hmm. like, wow, what a gift. You know? know, like we got to give our children this. Yeah. Like, and that is to me experiences we didn't yeah. get to have. You know, we it's it's beautiful to be able to share that and, yes. and give them these opportunities. Yes. And so now it's not so much the missing of him, although, girl, I already kind of told you, like I was not, I didn't mess up anything, but I'm trying to get used to the times of when my kids now have, you know, when they start school, end school, what time they each need to be at cheer and, and some things are now overlapping. And And I helped out a lot. (laughs) I used to call my son and go, um, I need you to pick up so-and-so drop off so-and-so or this morning the garbage is overflowing and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm the only one home. I have to take it out now like regularly. Yeah. Wow. Um, Everything's shifted a little bit and his presence is, he's missed. And I feel that with Lexi too. She would just randomly do the dishes for me or help me with little things. And um, yes, you miss them, but you also like, they helped run the household. They had their duties and it was a well-oiled machine. And then that's sort of all shifting. Totally. But the check-ins have been fantastic. And I think, you know, one of the things that I thought was so important with my relationship with my son is we were able to talk about anything and whether things were hard to hear, things I don't want to hear, but I have always created a space for him, especially to freely express whatever it is that he's going through. And so with him being so far, we've all, we've only talked on the phone a couple of times because I'm also trying to give him that space. But text messages back and forth, and some of them are lengthy. Whereas in the past, you know, I'd get, how I'd say, how are you doing? It's G. You know, like, okay, it's good. Okay, <laughs> Typical thanks. boy text, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So now it's like, Oh, my class was great. I sat between these two people, talked to so-and-so. Talk. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, so I just love and adore and appreciate where we are yeah. in this adult relationship. Yes. And that's great. Although I am not pushing him to become an adult quicker than I think he should, I also knew that when I asked him before he left, are you ready to go? And he said, even if I'm not, I need to be. So I also knew in that moment, like, 
you got this. Like, you know, it's time to like step up to the plate and be a man in the world. But if you need to shed some tears, if you need to tell me you don't like it today, like that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like we can still process that and work through that. Or even if down the line he needs to come home, he knows Mm -hmm. he can come home. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm doing well. I mean, mm. I think emotions are just high anyway. And I'm also feel like I'm creeping on some menopause stuff. So like, yeah, that's definitely a topic that we're going to be talking about in the future. Yeah. So. Talk about change. Yeah. All the changes are happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what about you? Because this is like the second send off. I know. So I want to talk about that. But I want to talk about some things that you touched upon, which I thought were really important. So I love that you, and it brought me back to my experience with Lexi leaving last year for the first time. So um, when you talked about how, you know, there's been some text messages, but not a lot of phone calls and you're kind of giving him the space. I think that's so important because I didn't realize it was going to be like this, but I experienced that with Lexi too. There was like the first couple weeks, it was a little quiet. Um, And I, I was struggling with that because I was like, Mm, I just miss her. And um, what I learned is that they do need that time to get acclimated. And their living, their living conditions are so different. And they're living with all these other kids. And they need like that time to decompress. And getting on the phone and talking to you might not be what they need during that time. They need to sort of like at least that's how Lexi is. And I could relate to it too. When I thought about it that way, that time to just sort of quiet your mind and have that peace. Um, and even though they might miss you and want to talk to you, like they're just trying to figure out, get their bearings. And so I think that was so wise that you knew that and you didn't push at all. So I think that's great. Um, (laughs) yeah, because, and then, you know, what happened when I gave Lexi the space too? the FaceTiming started, I mean, we're so, blessed that we have. We live in this technology time Mm -hmm. where we can have access to just being able to pick up the phone and seeing our baby's face. Like, I don't know how our parents did it. And we've talked about this before with like Life 360 and everything. And I don't know if you're looking at that. I am. Not going to lie. I'm (laughs) definitely checking that out all day long, actually. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably, like me, had I had to wean myself off of it with the guidance of my husband, who was very insightful and knew it was becoming an obsession. <laughs> yes. But yeah, uh, it's just great that we have it. it well, that the Life 360 is a little bit of a blessing and a curse, but but it's, it's nice. I mean, I wouldn't give it up. <laughs> no. And, you know, I think the other thing as we're talking about this, the phone call situation or the FaceTiming, you know, they're also living with other people. Yeah. And so that's the other piece of it where a couple times he's texting me and he's like, oh, my roommate is here. Yeah. He's trying to sleep. That's and so to have someone listen yeah. to your conversation too, even if they're not asleep. Yeah. Like, so it's, but it's interesting how, mm-hmm. you know, now like there's just, they have to navigate through all of that or even Mm -hmm. think about, you know, when they're in their own home, I mean, my kids don't think about, oh, my sibling is sleeping and I should be quiet. No, they'll just (laughs) bang on the door, you know, walk in the rooms. But now they're learning a new kind of respect. Some new skills. Yeah, totally. So that's the other piece too, where I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't want him. And then I'm I'm still trying to figure out too, like, how much do you tell them that you're missing them or how much do you 
Like show them pictures from home so that they don't get even more like homesick Mm -hmm. about things. So there's, there's a lot that really goes into this. Yeah. Yeah. You're both learning really. It's all new and yeah, you definitely don't want to make them sadder. Right. So it, it is tough. Like, like, when I was saying I wasn't getting all the texts and the phone calls and the FaceTiming in the very beginning, it was like so hard just to restrain myself from picking up the phone and calling her. Mm. (laughs) But yeah, you kind of have to like let them meet you where they are. Right. And not push yourself on them. Like give them that space to get settled and and they'll come around if you have laid that foundation, which you clearly had. So I felt like that too. And it's so funny. Lexi said the same thing. She was just kind of like, rip the bandaid off. Like, no, it's, it's hella scary, mom, but I, I'm going to do it. I got to do yeah. it. And she called And it- I don't know if it's a firstborn kind of thing. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But sorry, she, what did, Lexi also had a little term for this or a little. No, she just said like putting her big girl pants on. Yeah. <laughs> like, Get it, girl. That's right. Mm-hmm. She knows. And they surprise you with how strong they are and how incredible they adapt and what they've learned. And it is amazing watching them become these little adults and, you know, start What's been really cool is when Lexi came home this summer was just her having some excitement about being in the kitchen and coming up with recipes and cooking. And she hated to cook. And I think not having a kitchen, living in the dorms and, you know, having to just microwave everything or go down to the cafeteria. She has this new appreciation for a kitchen and helping in that space and being creative. And so that's been fun to see just so many changes. It's so exciting. I know I forgot to ask, like, I mean, Julian was already doing his laundry here, but, you know, this is different. You've got to, like, haul your clothes somewhere. But I haven't even asked him yet, like, have you done a load of laundry? (laughs) You know, those, again, are the things that you wonder when they're there. You know, is somebody cleaning the bathroom? Because there's no housemaid there. Oh, there isn't? No. You have to pay for that. Like, that's an extra service. And I'm like, no, no, no. Either... All the kids split that or like y'all just have to take turns cleaning your own shower, you know? Yeah. But this should be a very – so I'm trying not to be overly mommy about it. Like, did you clean this? Did you do – you know, hey, you're going to have to deal with it. You know what? (laughs) Even with girls, Lexi was living with seven girls in this little space. And, um, you know, when I left – when in the fall when I had left her there it was like so clean and pretty and we had decorated it was so fun decorating the room but oh my gosh when I came back and saw it months down the line it was like oh this place is disgusting and they had cleaners that came in wow I don't know what it was once a month so not enough but But somebody's (laughs) deep cleaning in there it was more just the stuff and the clutter and it was just a lot of girls in one small space but um you know they learn and they figure it out. And, you know, now Lexi. So this year, okay, this year is different. And it's funny because I wasn't really anticipating that it was going to be hard um, because we'd already done it. And there was a lot of unknowns the first year. Now we know. And I feel comfortable that she knows her way around and she has friends and connections, like all of those unknowns that made it so scary now are now in the light and so it felt like oh I don't really have to put too much into this and it'll be fine it'll be easy um but 
I was clearly in denial because um, she is now, like I said, in an apartment and we brought her furniture, some of her furniture down, including her bed. And that has been surprisingly really hard because um, I didn't really feel it until I came back home and her room was empty. Mm. And that feeling of she may never come back like Mm -hmm. this may never be her room where she lives Mm -hmm. it'll always be her room but oh it just that hit hard and that's something I just wasn't anticipating or maybe I wasn't even allowing myself to go there it was probably a little bit of a defense mechanism but um yeah she's off she's off and she has a boyfriend like you just don't know if that's it Mm -hmm. so I mean, I, there's no guarantee that she's even going to come back next summer. She might stay down there and work all summer. You, There's just no guarantees. So just got to enjoy the moments when they come. Yes. Yes. You know, and I was listening to um, Amel Robbins' podcast because she's amazing. She's amazing. And what I loved is they were talking about kind of the same thing, which is interesting that like we – decided we were going to talk just about what's been going on in our lives and change was such a big thing that was coming up. And, um, but they were really getting into when there are changes in your life, how do you kind of create this bridge so that when they do hit, they're not so like devastating, Mm -hmm. you know? So even with like a little person and you know that they're going to go off to preschool, like how do you start preparing a tiny little itty bitty or, you know, even, your child or your adult child who you're launching off to college. And I think, you know, when you're in high school, there's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of talking about it. You're gearing up. And so um, that was part of what they touched on a little bit too. Like no matter what transition you're going through in your life, being very open to having conversations about what might be to come. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like this, oh, this just happened and this is what we're doing, you know? Um, But I was thinking about that too when um, you were talking about the room situation. And in my house, it looked a little different because my girls were like, "Uh, peace out, homie. Before we even left, they're doing a room takeover. (laughs) So everyone's shifting around in here, which also some people say sometimes you really should keep things intact for a while. Um, But we had been talking about this for so long that it wasn't just like, oh, surprise. <laughs> like yeah. you're kicked out, you know, but, um, and maybe it will help you in the future. And it I won't be so yes. obvious that they're not there. Yeah. To, and it has like, it's like, it really has what, but what's interesting too, is now that they've shifted rooms, the room that's our, you know, that's his room essentially is the room he had when we initially bought this house. So it's almost like going, oh, wow. yeah, and that was the start of middle school. And so it's kind of interesting to also watch it kind of full, full circle. circle. Yeah. Um, but back to the point of, I think just having conversations about what things might look like, you know, and and not just sweeping it under the rug or being quiet about any change, whatever mm. that could look like, you know. Yes, talking yeah. about it. Um it's funny because I don't know that we really talked about her going back. I mean, I knew she, you know, we knew it was coming, but it was sort of like I just didn't give it the validity that or the power that, yeah. you know, I didn't expect that it was going to have that effect on me. Mm-hmm. And so it was like more of like a task that we needed to do and 
it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a real move this time because her dorm had furniture in it. So that was easier, even though there was, like I said, the unknowns of the friends and the location. It was, we knew where you were going and there was furniture and her room could just stay the way it was. So I just didn't put as much into it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. She's, her bed is gone. Like had a big impact. And it is all that transitional time. I was talking to a friend of mine whose son is going to the same school as mine, but he's 21 and he's, he transferred in last year, Mm. but she goes, I wasn't even there for the move in. Like he's 21 now, you know, and he, but he did move into like an apartment space with friends and that kind of thing. But she goes, I feel kind of bad, but she had something else going on. And again, it's like each year, it just looks a little bit yeah. different. You know, well, I was the only I'm pretty sure I was the only mom that helped with move in. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I want to be part of it. <laughs> I need to back off a little bit. But Lexi kept telling me how much she appreciated it. So you know what, as long as she wants me there, I'm going to be there. All that um, but yeah, I mean, there's going to come a time where she's like, I've got this mom, you don't need to <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I will also mention the lead up to um, my son moving out was a little bit crazy. So we were just in Maui for a vacation, family vacation that was really to celebrate him graduating. And, you know, f- I'm sure yeah. most of the world knows like what's actually happening in Maui right now. Um, and I almost feel like I can't like I, I can't just talk about this whole move situation or this transition in our lives without really bringing this up because it, uh, the move came on the heels of this crazy devastation that happened to such a beautiful island and we just missed it, like literally by a day. Yes, but your um, family was still, some of your family was still there. They got stuck. Yeah. So Michelle literally like left Maui, had a few days of just worrying about her family, if they were going to get back home, and then had to take off on a flight to take Julian to college. Yes. So, And that was hard because as a mom, you are constantly thinking about what if there's an emergency? What if this? What if that? And then coming off of a situation that was so tragic and terrible and then taking your kid to another state and going, bye, you know. Not a lot of time to process no. any of these emotions. No, yeah. there really wasn't. It was just this constant, you know, movement yeah. that was happening. And and again, rolling with all the changes. And so so Monday, um, you know, we fly home and everything's fine. And now I'm getting word that there's this storm coming through. And my parents have a flight out that morning. But unfortunately because of downed power lines and really what day did you come home was it eight six or eight seven eight eight you actually eight, no wait eight seven eight, it happened the day on, before it happened on eight eight it happened on eight yeah we yeah. flew home eight seven wow. and it happened on eight eight you yes. just missed it just missed it and so literally my parents and my niece um were trying to make it to the airport which according to my dad was like a scene out of a movie they thought, you know, their car was just going to like go into the ocean and debris is just flying everywhere. Palm pieces of palm trees are getting stuck under people's cars. You're barely moving down, you know, the highway and they finally get to the airport and they miss their flight. Mm -hmm. And so fortunately for them, they didn't turn their rental car in because 
what they didn't realize is that would be their shelter. Um, they tried to get a hotel somewhere nearby the airport. Everywhere was sold out. So people at this point were still flying in and they couldn't allow them to get to their resorts. So there were just, you know, stranded tourists, really. Most of them coming in and out were tourists at this point. And so Safeway had opened up a parking lot because they were open 24 hours and they were able to sleep there. So this way, if they had to use the restroom or needed food, because on the other side of the island where my other family was still housed, they lost power. Food is going quickly. There are families that were at resorts and, you know, they were maybe leaving the next day. So all their food is now, you know, almost gone and they could not get to a store or even a restaurant to feed their family. And the resorts had to ration how much food that they were providing for the guests. In the meantime, half of the staff doesn't even know if their families are okay. They are getting word that they've lost their homes. I mean, They were opening up lobbies so that locals could come and just sleep in the lobby. It was pretty intense. Um, At the same time was when my mom was trying to find a place to go. I'm calling my friend to see if she can stay with her and she's getting evacuated. So it was just like extremely chaotic and scary. Mm -hmm. Very scary. Mm -hmm. Um, And the poor people of Maui. I mean, I cannot even understand like the trauma that they just went through. And I know they will recover. And I know that, you know, eventually everybody, those that survived will be okay. But there is just a collective like heartache Mm -hmm. that's happening right now. And I know even for you, like Maui is such a special place to so many people, like whether it was family vacations or you got married there, your honeymoon was there. There's so much connection that people have so to the island. Memories. Yeah. Right. For those of us who are mm-hmm. still sitting in our homes, you know, warm and have food as we're even thinking about what we're what we've lost now. Mm-hmm. And there's still people that, you know, are trying to find places to sleep. Right. So you it's know, the story is heavy coming. Um, yeah. And it's it's such a horrific tragedy. That you wouldn't think this day and age would be that bad. I mean, they couldn't even get the trucks in. There's all kinds of things. So so many things. But this is, um, I bring this up also because, you know, as much as we love to be in the studio recording and getting content yeah. out, there have really been some big yeah. things that have happened mm-hmm. recently. And like I said, some are exciting and fun and then others are just heavy and emotional. Mm-hmm. Um I've, I also lost a high school friend during this time who had been battling an illness. And, you know, there was a funeral as soon as I come home from dropping off my son, you know. And so, again, like this life cycle of change and all the things that we have to go through um, just to be here, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, we are doing this podcast and sharing with you all and we love it, but life is still happening around us all the time. And so it it was a lot. It was a lot. And you like amazingly went through it. Like you just kind of got, did what you needed to do. I mean, you were 
on the phone constantly, checking on your parents, checking on your friend, your family, and then had, you know, just had to take off and take your son to college. There was just no time to, I think that was the week that we thought we were going to record. Well, that's not happening. Right. Your head is. plans. No. (laughs) Your your focus was definitely had to be on. Is my family going to make it back safe? It wasn't safe there. No. And I think also some, um, you know, some of the people that were there, they didn't even realize where is the fire exactly? And not just one fire, there were multiple fires happening. So is it safe to go this way or that way? You didn't really know. And then once it got dark and once there was smoke, it was frightening, you know, and really frightening, really frightening. And so, so there was so much wrapped up in all that, but, but, um, you know, my family is safe. I know that there are a lot of people out there who are not. I have been hearing some success stories, though. Of So my son and my husband got matching tattoos while we were in Maui, which was a really cool bonding experience for them. And so we were right there in Lahaina on Front Street. And they have, you know, we have this moment um, and really savoring it all in too. I mean, I will tell you, it's it's kind of weird because you don't know sometimes when your intuition is also speaking to you. And, you know, we talk about this a yeah, lot, like really being in tune. You clearly have some messages that come to you. It's big time. And so there was already um, some fear building when we first got to the island. Um and I'm not going to go super into detail about that, but we were already kind of a little bit on high alert. Mm. And so, and then when my husband and my son were getting their tattoos, I was in there with them and I popped out for a bit to go um, check out some jewelry stores. And I, there was something inside of me that kept feeling like you need to bring something home from here. Mm. And I walked past this one piece of jewelry three different times. And I finally went in and said, getting this necklace And there were a few outfits that I found at this other little store, right again, right there on Front Street, bought some outfits. um, And, you know, a couple days later, like none of that existed anymore. Now, one beautiful thing Mm -hmm. um, that I heard happened was the tattoo place that is now, you know, burnt to the ground. They have been doing fundraisers and they've made enough money to... So everybody in the tattoo shop was found, accounted for, and okay. Um, I know, which already, and and just that alone is like a Mm -hmm. blessing. And they raised enough money to buy all brand new equipment and allow the people to continue to do their work, obviously in a new space somewhere. And I'm, you know, that's going to take time, but I'm sure they can even do it out Mm -hmm. of their home right now if they have power. Mm -hmm. Um, But to hear that kind of a story, yeah. though, and know that there are so many resources that are getting poured into that island, it will never be the same. It will definitely no. be changed forever. Yeah. But I also think that this is where the strength and mm-hmm. growth happen. It's interesting <laughs> that you just <clears> – <throat> I'm having <clears> – I'm like, dying. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to clear our throat chakras. <laughs> say we're talking about rebuilding so it's it's interesting that you are talking about how it's never going to be the same but you know Maui is strong and they will rebuild and the people are incredible there and they have such a deep spirit connection to the earth and 
to each other that it's no doubt that it's going to come back. Um, but it, it reminds me of our first quote that we were talking about, like change and being present and yes, we're going to mourn what Maui was and um, front what Front Street was. I mean, my family has so many memories of just walking down through all those shops and eating at the restaurants. And we were just there not that long ago in January. And it's just hard to think that those places aren't there anymore. I mean, even this, there was this cute little old Italian man that had a jewelry shop. And I'm like, I hope he's okay. He was just so charming. And and kind to my family. Um, but ugh, this is life. It's like it's going to keep moving. There's things that are out of our control. We have to just make the best situation out of the cards that we're dealt and um, do our best not to get stuck um, and and help and help each other through these mm-hmm. things. You know, um, it's funny because I it's not the same, like a kid going to college and the fires in Maui. This is just what you experience. Mm-hmm. But in a way, it kind of is. the. It is still this, this change that you can't control. And, you know, how do you move through these things? Well, and it's even change where the, Maui has always been our, not just our immediate family of five, but with my aunt and uncle and cousins, this was our family vacation spot. So every Tradition. Time, tradition. So anytime somebody graduated in the family or, you know, there was a celebration of some sort, this is just where we go. Mm -hmm. And not to say we won't be there again, because we absolutely will. They need us to continue to visit. There's other areas that Mm -hmm. you can still go and enjoy the beauty of Maui. And they're they're actually asking people to come and still be tourists in on the island. I think right now there's a little bit of a hold there, mm-hmm. like in this moment. Mm-hmm. But as things settle in, mm-hmm. they're they will. Yes. Yeah. They're gonna, they're they're gonna, gonna need, need us. They're gonna need mm-hmm. us. So we will go when the time is right and we will support the island as best as we can. We're actually timeshare owners there. So we did get a letter from our resort um just saying that there's, you know, some organizations that are raising money and they were mm-hmm. pointing us in different directions, but, but it is, but that's a change too. You know, yeah. all of this is a change. And so I think, you know, resiliency is what becomes, um, the silver lining and everything mm-hmm. is you have these types of experiences and it, it builds up your arsenal of when the next, you know, thing hits in life that is difficult that you now know that you can overcome and you know just even like going back to the college experience it may be hard even the second time sending your child away for that summer but you've done it before and you mm-hmm. know that you can get mm-hmm. through it and i think this is when we also have to tap into our own personal gifts and really look and go what how can i contribute you know what is it in me that um is valuable where can I put my energy and resources? So for some people, it may that you do have an abundance of money. And so the gifts that you can provide are by donations. Other people, it may be organizing things. You know, I know when my family was stuck out there, my cousin had called and asked for certain phone numbers because they had no internet connection. So doing a little research for her, you know, she was still able to make some calls or other family was posting on Facebook trying to figure out whether their 
their son was okay. And so doing the investigative investigative work for that and yeah. being the communication center hub, you know, for the rest yeah. of the family and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you kind of figure out where you're most needed mm-hmm. and what is it that, you know, in ways that you can help. And that's, I think, just how it is going through anything that is challenging in life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, so there was all of that. And then it was Greta's birthday. <laughs> so we got to celebrate her and have this fabulous night of making pizzas and having all her girlfriends. Well, you know, I had a really hard year last year during that time. And so we lost someone very special to our family. And it it was just, it was just not a time to celebrate. Um, and so this year, there was this feeling of, you know what? This is, we are living this life and as hard as birthdays sometimes are just weird, like aging and all of that. And I'm, I was just like, fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm going to celebrate the fuck out of my birthday this year because, you. because I'm living this life and there's a lot to be grateful for. And I want to be surrounded by people that I love, that love me. And, and that's what it was. It was a great night. Um, and I think we should celebrate our birthdays as much as we can and celebrate those good special moments because life is, it's a mixed bag and you know what, it is all happening for us regardless of if we in the moment or if, if it is pleasant or if it's horrible, it really is this human experience. I believe that's helping us to grow, helping us to evolve, um, giving us, us what we need to um, grow and and have these earthly experiences here that our soul can then take back with us. So, oh, it's it's not always easy. It's not. And I think sometimes when, you know, these sort of big, heavy things happen in life, you almost get this like larger appreciation for, like you're saying, those birthday moments, you know, or or those moments that are special where you do want to celebrate them in a big way because you have gone through the harder situations and you know like that this is real and it can happen at any time. Yeah, don't so, take it for granted. No. Mm-hmm. So when we're in those moments where we have an opportunity to make something special, like jump on that shit, you know, yeah. like make it as good as you can. And you are so good about that, actually. Like, oh, you I'm more, bring, I've been a work in progress. But you bring that kind of energy to it. And I think, you know, even with my when my son went off to college, yeah, there were some moments of the missing and whatever. But when I was there setting up his room, it was I'm going to focus on how mm-hmm. fucking exciting this is. Like, mm-hmm. this is a big deal, yeah. you know? Or when my daughter came home recently and was named cheer captain as a freshman for her cheerleading squad, like, that's, a, I told her, I was like, that's a big motherfucking deal. And she yeah. kind of looked at me and I was like, girl, <laughs> this is awesome. Like, let's be excited about this, you know, yes. and and celebrate this. Um, And my other daughter, like, she just did this amazing you know, she's working on all these crazy tumbling skills and she's so humble and doesn't want to share like what she's actually doing. And she's like, mom, I finally got the, I don't know, running round off backhand spring tuck in the air (laughs) thing that you do. And it was like, that's amazing. Like Mm -hmm. be proud of yourself. And, 
be excited about this. Like mm-hmm. these are things you have worked hard to do. And, and this was all happening as you were grieving your friend. So yes. yeah, that's, it's, oh, it's like this juggling act of all the emotions. But yeah, you don't want to take away from those those beautiful life moments that deserve to be celebrated because there's sad things happening at the same time. It's always the yin yang thing that happens in life. This balance of like some things can be very, you know, big, like masculine energy. And then some things are a little softer and more feminine energy. And it's always trying to find that balance in life. I know it sounds so cliche. We always say like the balance, the balance, Mm -hmm. but really even our own bodies are constantly trying to find that state of homeostasis. So there's something to be said. And when you look at the rhythms of, you know, the universe and all of that, So it's, I love that because you can be excited that your kid's going to college and you can be happy for them and you can also be mourning the loss of their childhood and your role in their lives as their mother, Um, which you'll always be their mother, but it definitely looks different the Mm -hmm. older they get. There's a letting go. And so like that moment I was talking about earlier where there was the sunrise and it put me into that, just that mourning of when they were little, um, I had to just go, you know what? Enough of that. Yeah. And I had to shift into the positive things that are going on in life. And I think that's where that just takes practice. Mm-hmm. It does. And I think that's why gratitude journals are always so great mm-hmm. because they really force you to stop and go, you know, what is awesome? And it could even be something really small, like, you know, oh, I just opened my eyes today. And when I stare, like I have this lamp in my room that I really like. It's like my little chandelier. But when I look at it, it like it makes me happy mm. just mm-hmm. to know that, okay, it's a new day and the light's coming in. And then I got this, you know, beautiful chandelier to look at. Those small things though, to set your mind on what's good and to constantly, you know, reinforce that mm-hmm. is how you make those changes. You know, it's it's finding the positives and, and not being the rosy colored glasses person that's like, everything's perfect all the time. No. It's not fucking perfect. Like a lot of things are not. You're, you're, you're going to be met with suffering. You're going to be met with hardships. But but we can shift. Yeah. You got to feel it all. You can't just bury it and be like, it's fine. Mm-mm. I'm fine. I'm fine. Because you'll have a <laughs> I'm fucking fine. nervous fine. breakdown. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. Um, you, you got to fill the feels, mm-hmm. which isn't always comfortable. But then I think there's this knowing of, there's a certain point where it's like, this is not good for me. Right. I need yes. to put this down maybe for now yes. and come back to it another mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just such a process. It's a trip really, if you think about it, cause it's like <laughs> just the fact that we have to uh, manage all of these emotions. That's the word that came up was manage. Oh my gosh, we're yeah. like managing thoughts and feelings and and <laughs> of these yeah. very, very heavy things at mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so our summer has been has been very busy <laughs> and lots of you know just big things happening yeah. and lots of transitions, lots of change. Um, I mean, even today being back in the studio, like nobody's home and I'm like, Greta, it's so quiet in here. Like we could do whatever we want right now. (laughs) We don't have to worry about extra noise tapping into, you know, like my husband's phone calls because sometimes just technology stuff happens and (laughs) you know, whatever. But it's, again, it's just change. Yeah. 
it was funny when I first got here and you had told me that. I was like, I just had that too because it's like it's been a busy summer and I had both of my kids home and all of a sudden yesterday it was like, oh, my son's at school and my husband's at work and it's just me and the dog. <laughs> hey, it's just us. <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. like, whoa, I haven't felt this in a while, you know. No, not at all. Back to that. Yeah. Oh, well, I just want to say to everyone listening, if you're going through any kind of transition, just be gentle with yourself. Um, reach out to the people that you can trust, that you can talk to, that will um, hold your hand through it because we can't always do this alone. And um, we really hope this helped you in some capacity. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>